0: The Matt Hasselbeck Show, presented by Infinity of Bellevue and Linwood. Seahawks legend Matt Hasselbeck takes you inside the Seahawks and the NFL for a full hour, exclusively on the Mike Sock Show. Hello, Matt. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Congratulations. You're a Ring of Honor member.
1: Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I don't know if I have a voice yeah. still, but it was... Uh... <laughs> This is just an incredible experience, just to be back, never mind the Ring of Honor, just to be back was, was really neat. And uh, then on top of that, I was back for my own induction into the Ring of Honor. So, I mean, what, what, how could you top that? It was incredible.
0: Yeah, tell me about it. What, uh, what were the emotions like? Was there a moment that kind of got you emotionally? You know, I was just trying to get there, first of all, because I work on Sundays at, you know,
1: Sunday countdown in New York City. So I was getting there. My, my wife and my son were racing there. My girls were playing. They had a game, uh, at Brown University. So they came in on Monday. So I think maybe just the, uh, the adrenaline of just trying to get there in time for this luncheon that we had had on Monday with Mike Holmgren and some of the other Ring of Honor members and executives from the Seahawks and some of my teammates, uh, maybe that didn't allow me to kind of, uh, process it too much but then they kind of surprised me with a couple surprises once I got there and yeah there were a couple of times where I was I was just basically trying to hold it together and I really thought I'd be in danger of uh you know tearing up or crying or something you see people do that sometimes once I got to the stadium but for whatever reason when I walked into that stadium the The emotions that I was feeling were more like i want to strap it up and go play than uh necessarily like getting sad or something like that so it was it was definitely exciting to be back in that stadium and uh, you know I don't even know if I can replay it all but it was it was neat it was very neat
0: I don't want to say they could have used you but you know maybe they could have <laughs> used you based on scoring 10 points in the game w- were there people you saw that you know that you hadn't seen in a long time who st- who who'd you get a chance to see while you were here Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty wild.
1: Like, there, I didn't know who was going to be there. Ironically, some of the, basically everybody I mentioned in the speech, um, you know, there's some guys that maybe weren't there, but there were some guys that I I ran into Big Play Babs. I ran into Marcus Truffaut. I ran into, you know, Lofa Tatupa. It was, it was really great to see some of the people that, uh, you know, maybe you don't hear as much about, but they definitely had an impact on our team in terms of, like, um, obviously making plays on the field, but just in terms of the camaraderie on, on, the, on the sidelines. And then even, you know, on my way to go do Touchdown City in, in interviews like that, I went right by the locker room. And as I'm walking by the locker room, it's, it's uh, a lot of the staff. You know, people I don't think realize, especially as much turnover as there is on a football team, players who are in one spot for a long time, you become, really, you become family with equipment guys athletic trainers the team doctors pr like that becomes part of your family and so seeing those people was uh was super special and you know people probably don't know the names but uh anybody who played in seattle ever knows the names and knows how just incredible those 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 people are
0: well and not everybody got a chance to hear it obviously folks at the game did if you were watching at home you didn't get to see or hear the whole speech here's just a moment or two of matt we
1: gave everything we had and you gave everything you had the twelves, Seattle, the two hundred six, the two five three, the four two five, the
0: five oh nine. Twelves here in America, abroad, Hawaii, Canada, everybody, <laughs> everybody. we
1: did it together.
0: Wow. Hey, what's up? You're excited. Hold on, let me play a little bit I, more. Here's, here's a little okay. more from Matt.
1: Okay. Not only are we going to New Hampshire, Tom Harkin,
0: we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House.
1: Yeah! Wow. Oh. I, I don't know who that is You got so, carried away
0: uh, I don't know who that guy was That's Howard it., no, I'm not sure I
1: know who that is Well but, he did that uh,
0: scream And that was the end of his is he run. like a politician? He guy? was 2002 okay. he, he made that yeah. scream And that was But There was one more clip of Matt That I, I don't ah! know if you heard Did oh, you I hear this one? one? No We will not go quietly Into the <laughs> it's definitely him i think yeah. are you planning to okay. run for office with this? i don't know who this one is either should i know who that is i don't know how do you not know right. who was that i don't know that's independence day matt come on now okay all right but, but, geez, well, I, there's a whole like period of matt's life that was missing while he was playing i get it uh, but you're pretty, pretty busy, much busy watching film during that time my biggest fear when i started saying that I was like
1: i'm gonna leave an area code out <laughs> or screw it up i haven't lived here in a while i'm just i, I know the 509 i know that one for sure right. but and I still have a four two five area code cell phone, so um, no, it's cool i mean listen i mean I, I you know part of part of being the quarterback in Seattle, you get a ton of fan mail and you get fan mail from all over the place, you know mostly you know, I would say mostly the overseas fan mail is from people in the military. And they're usually taking a picture with a 12 flag or with your jersey on or something Seahawks over in who knows where. And, um, and, you know, those are special. And the amount of gifts that I've received from people in the military that are, you know, basically it's like a little reprieve when when they get to watch together with their teammates, their teammates watch their favorite team at home with some of their other teammates against their favorite team at home. You know, watching NFL football for three and a half hours on a Sunday is – you know, it has you know they've shared how that much that means to them. But sure. um, really, anywhere you go, I mean, whether it's a trip to Alaska, Hawaii, Canada, uh, you you hear from fans everywhere. So um, I don't know. The home field advantage to me in Seattle is something that was there once way before I came. When I got there, we didn't even have our own stadium. And then we developed something special that in my off-seasons, quarterbacks would say to me all the time, man, I hope we don't have to play you up there next year.
0: So I was kind of curious about how that developed. And, 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 you know, I – when you mentioned when you got here, it wasn't the thing. Everyone was interested in the Mariners, and they were selling out their ballpark every night, and that was sort of the big sports conversation at the time in Seattle. And during the course of your time here, it really becomes all about you know what's going on at the stadium and the Seahawks. And you go to the Super Bowl and, and really pave the way for for eventually winning the Super Bowl a couple of years later. You know, what was it like to see it grow? I, was it like you know watching Major League, where each week a couple more people show up at the ballpark, and they you know they get more and more involved and are talking around the city? How do you sense the growth as a player? Well, we didn't have a home.
1: I mean, that's the first thing. I mean, you know, playing at Husky Stadium, I believe it was a dry stadium, too. I mean, I'm not speaking for every NFL fan, but, you know, having having a couple beers at the game is part of the experience, I think, with NFL football. But, you know, I was so focused on just us getting better and me getting better. So I don't really know the answer to that. But I do know that when we moved into our own stadium, it even took a little bit to figure all of that stuff out. I mean, just to figure out, to make that our own. And uh, there was a guy named Todd Wiki that came in, and I think one of the best things he did is he got with the fans and said, okay, what do you need from us? What can we do for you? And then, you know, we invented the – and he invented – they invented the 12 flag, and that became a thing. And to me you know how you start a game emotionally atmosphere sends a message to the opponent sends a message to your own team sends a message to everybody and uh, we nailed that they nailed that they got that done and then we improved as a team and just I think all together everyone got a little bit better everyone got a little bit more invested and and um, and then it just it just got contagious and we took off
0: it's interesting seeing Todd try to do some of that now with the crack I mean they opened up on on Saturday night at home he is the CEO of the of the hockey team here now the Seattle Kraken and and you can see some of that same focus on the fans on the community on building that relationship between the fans and the team.
1: I mean for sure I can remember there was one game I'm going out I am literally going out to like start the game like we get the we win the toss and I'm I'm. seven minutes away from taking the first nap and Todd comes to me with like I don't know a sharpie and a something a football <laughs> and he's like hey I need you to do me a huge favor can you write you know this and I'm like uh, right now he's like yeah I'm like okay what? Well, okay and he's just like and he tells me this story about a fan in the stands that he just saw he watching the game I'm like sure whatever <laughs> but it, he was he was all the way in doing everything he could do in, in his role in his job I, I was doing everything I could do in my job but like we were kind of just all doing it together And uh, again like it just all kind of Came together at the right spot and and, um, you know, we we had a, we almost got it all the way done in
0: how, Detroit, almost. How was it raising the flag and, and pumping up the crowd? How was that part of the experience?
1: Well, I wasn't very loud. I had my mask on. I'm not sure the rules, but I had to have a mask on when I did it. Okay. But, uh, you know, so you know, I don't know. It, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's windy up there. It's cold up there. I would imagine. You got people real close. It's a lot of pressure. I'm not afraid of heights necessarily, but you're up there now. And you're see, up
0: there. I was kind of thinking about that, that and, and noticing
1: you look like you're pretty far up. You're all the way up, and that railing's not that high. So I actually left my feet a couple times when I first got up there, and I'm like, this would just be a terrible way to end it all. Like, It would be a terrible accident if this happened. But listen, I'll just say this. it's It's an absolute thrill. Being on the field as the quarterback, waiting for the game to start, looking up there—we don't ever know who the 12 flag raiser is going to be, or we never knew as players. And then when when you just get goosebumps when the moment happens, and when you finally get a chance to go up there and be the person who actually raises it, I would just say it's it's like it's 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 goosebumps. The whole thing is goosebumps, and. you know, Do, but you can't really get out the same sense of it that high, I guess.
0: Does anyone stand out to you from when you were playing that you remember raising the flag like, oh, man, that got people going?
1: Yes. So, listen, I forget the guy's name. What's the guy's name in uh, Josh from uh, Sweet Home, Alabama? He's an actor. Um,
0: we'll what's to, his name? We we'll have to you figure that, that out. Hold on. Okay, we're, we're furiously doing research to figure. So listen, out.
1: he's wearing a Jim Zorn jersey when he does it. It's pouring, pouring rain. Worst weather of a game that I remember, and he's just all the way into it, embracing the elements, totally fired up. I thought he had the best uh energy that he brought to the Josh brought Lucas? to the party. Josh Lucas. That's the name. He's I thought he was excellent. I thought okay. he was excellent. Um but there was a guy I want to say it was his name's Colonel Winters from Band of Brothers the mm. Tom Hanks series. And Trent Dilfer and I had watched that series one year, like on our road trips. And we just thought that was the most amazing thing with so many of those soldiers sacrificed, and how they got through things. And I remember being injured for a game and I, I was like, man, I don't know if I can play in this game. And, and Dilfer's screaming at me, Colonel Winters, shrapnel in his leg. You can do this. He had shrapnel in his leg. And, uh, and I'm, um, you know, it was kind of an emotional thing, sort of an inside thing with Trent and I, and then when. Colonel Winters later on raises the 12 flag. I was like, wait a sec. This is a real person. That's not a movie. That's a movie about a real guy. And yeah. it was just super inspiring. And uh, I got a chance to, uh, I think, get a, get a picture taken with him. It was, it was really, really That's impressive.
0: That's great. Lawyer Malloy, I was probably, it was probably after you were gone, Lawyer Malloy did it one time and unsurprisingly was really good at it. Like, yeah. that should be a full-time job for Lawyer. <laughs> well you know he was like that he was
1: like that in the locker room i mean he was really really impressive as a uh as a speaker as a kind of a, a hype man in the locker room he was good that way
0: he uh he that w- i wish there was a full-time hype man job for him because he would be as good at, at that as anybody i've ever i mean just he just has like a a, a unique energy to him right like that just like he just feels like he's almost right on the edge of being out of control but he's not
1: yeah, and you got to back it up with your play. I mean, I've played with guys who have a lot of uh, you know, a lot of words but no action on the field and like so it, that doesn't work either. And then there's there's guys that have action but like they don't speak. Like Walter Jones as a player, as a teammate, never once really heard him say a word. He was unbelievable at his job though, but he wasn't necessarily going to ever break down the team even though he was the best in the business at his job. So, you know, somebody doesn't need to be everybody, but somebody needs to be great at their job and also be the person who steps up and sometimes uh gives a word word of uh inspiration to get us going and 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 i would i would say lawyer was was good at both of them now
0: that i've heard you though now that we've heard this we
1: had and you gave everything you had the 12 this is motivating the 206 the 253 the 425 the 509
0: that's motivating, but did you leave out the three six zero on purpose, or I like you have something against the three six zero?
1: I had no plan. I had nothing <laughs> written down. Really? I just started well, that's all from memory talking. in the moment. I mean, I think we know the area codes for the most part. I mean, those where, where is the 360? I apologize. It's Olympia,
0: I think, right? Isn't oh, 360 okay, yeah. Olympia?
1: Yeah, well, I, I stay out of politics usually. So, <laughs> right, so know.
0: there you go. That makes sense. Well, let's yeah. jump into the game that took place in front of you, and I, I think I've delayed this for about 14 minutes, maybe on purpose. But, you know, what did you see? How worried should Seahawks fans be after watching that? Well, it's
1: disappointing, but, I mean, if I feel like if they were to go play that game again and just have a different... You know, maybe a, a different plan from the get-go, and then maybe also just get some calls and play a little bit uh, smarter, then they get the win. And that's just, I think, the disappointing thing about this team, uh, about this team season so far, is that you know the record's two and five. It could be five and two. It could be seven and zero. Oh. Like it's just, it could be zero oh and seven. It's just there's such a fine line between winning and losing. So you got to play clean football and offense. You got to play smarter. Uh, football and defense and uh, you know I think the, the thing that's going to be important here is that they just they hold the ship together and, and make adjustments and I, I think Pete and you know the, he's been through this so he understands how to do that but uh, but Getting everyone in that locker room to believe that they're not out of it because they're they're not out of it. That, that's the wild that crazy thing about this season. Well, a two you know, with five, with,
0: seven teams with, are going to get in, right?
1: Well, they added they added you know they changed the playoff situation now, and so really only one team gets that first round bye. That's you know likely to be a team like Arizona or L. A. or Green Bay or you know maybe Tampa or Dallas, but other than that, everybody else is in the same boat like you, you could be you could have the second best record in the NFC this year you could be the Rams or the Bucks and you could be basically in the same kind of playoff scenario as the last team in which could be New Orleans could actually be Seattle uh could be Minnesota some of these teams that hey you don't think of them in the same uh breath right now is the teams that are six and one but at the end of the year who knows and so I think that's got to be the selling point and then then you got to go get the wins and the nice thing for Seattle this week is that they have Jacksonville and and you know
0: certainly that helps that that helps a heck of a lot you know I think what you said though is one of the things that we hear a lot from from listeners and people that are upset about about the way the the last few years have gone for the Seahawks is that you know that that fine line between 700 and 7 or somewhere in between they wonder if it needs to be that fine or if the philosophy of trying to keep the game close until it's late is part of the reason that they they've left themselves exposed to some of that risk
1: yeah it's fair i don't think they're trying to keep the game close though i don't, I don't think that's the i don't think that's necessarily the goal it's uh... Just maybe what it looks like at times, you know, because they're trying to commit to the run game. Because I think the run game is such a big part of it. But you've seen them commit to the run game and score a ton of points. I mean, that's not, you know, I I remember games where Russell Wilson completed 11, maybe 14 passes, and they put up 34 points. And some of those passes are just big play passes. The thing is, you just got to make them count when you have them. But um but again, like if, if you're I'm not trying to be like overly optimistic, but and you're a one game at a time if you're a player or a coach, but as an analyst and I look at it, I say, Hey, listen, this team is very close. Okay, they don't even have their starting quarterback. They get to play Jacksonville, they have Washington left on their schedule, they have Houston, they have Detroit, they finish with Arizona, who might have the thing locked up and not even play Kyler Murray and their starters, like who knows? And San Fran, who knows who they're playing at quarterback? Like it's about getting hot, it's about getting in, and then it's about getting hot at the right time. So, you know, again, you, you go Jacksonville bye week, you know, you see where you are at that point. But uh, if you look at that game, like if we're, you know, I'm sure they did this, you would sit in there and you could say, Here's where we lost the game, like right here. This is where we lost it. We're in field goal range. We have an opportunity, and we take a sack. Mm-hmm. We miss the field goal, and then you know we come back out at defense. You have a third and nine sack of Jameis Winston. Here it is, and instead of a sack, we get a penalty for unnecessary roughness or whatever the penalty was. Yeah, and then it just and then or or just take the two two minute drive. You've given up the touchdown right before the half. Like there's all these little things. Like if we just fix one of them, we don't even have to fix all of them. We're right in this game, and maybe we'll probably win this game. So, um, again, you don't get a do-over, but... uh but if given a do over i think i think they could get this done and they and who knows you, you could you could you could get to see this team again in the playoffs and again i think i think the plan defensively will be much more like it was in the fourth quarter and not at all like it was in the in the first but how does that
0: take quarter? time to develop over the course of a game i mean everybody knows alvin kamara is their best player offensively james winston has struggled badly when he's been asked to throw the ball deep down the field how does something like that develop uh, some some of those um some of those changes over the course of a game, those adjustments, how does that happen and why wouldn't it happen earlier?
1: Some people are more of a game plan offense or defense. You know, I think of the New England Patriots as an example. Um, they are going to be all about their scouting report. They're going to say, hey, listen, if you want to beat us, go ahead and beat us, but it's not going to be because of number 41. Alvin Kamara is not going to be the reason you win this game, he is not going to be a factor. Um, other people say, Hey, we're not going to worry so much about you. This is more Seattle. We're not going to worry so much about you. We're going to worry about us. We're going to focus on us and we're going to do what we do and that'll take care of it. Uh, I, I agree with both of those philosophies I would just say this there's a handful of people in the NFL and, and and by a handful I literally mean maybe five who are absolute game wreckers game changers you need to adjust everything you do for those types of people and there might be less than five Alvin Kamara to me is one of those guys hmm. if you if you if you take him away uh, you have a strong chance to win the game and and if you don't you you <laughs> good luck and 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 uh, and so I, I just think like maybe sometimes you watch film and you say, "Hey, um, yeah, we got this. We got a guy that we got a guy for that." <laughs> but you don't really know till you see him in person, and you really say, "Ah, you know what we." we can't. We don't. He is that special. And uh, it doesn't happen very often. It used to happen with us with Michael Strahan. Like, we would never do anything different for, for, uh, for pass rush type people, really, unless the guy was, like, extra, extra special. When we would play the New York Giants and Michael Strahan, Mike Holmgren would take the call sheet and he would say, All right, any plays out of this formation, which was either, I think, a left or a right formation, out. Not calling him this week. They're done. See ya. Can't do it. We respect him that much. And again, there, there's maybe, you know, f- two to four people in the league that you got to do something. Who's on like that, that list for. now?
0: Who 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 is who is on the you absolutely have to game plan for him at all cost list? Right? Yeah,
1: I probably would want some time to come up with that. Devontae Aaron, Adams. Okay. Devontae Adams. That like he he would be a guy for sure. Lamar Jackson in a way, like it, it, sure. it's a different kind of thing. Um, Aaron Donald. He would be he would be another guy. Yeah, I guess defensively, Aaron Donald, you're limited. That's an interesting side he plays. Yeah, well, you know, he's he's a three technique, you know, and so like, I I don't know, I don't know what you can do really. Like, what what are you gonna do there? you know, I know, for, I know for us when we played J.J. J. Watt, cause there were some years where J.J. J. Watt was that guy, we had a rule. We're going to only run at him. We will never, ever run away from him. Mm. He's got too good of a swim move that he'll chase down things from, you know, say the two-hole to the three-hole. But if we're gonna run at him, then we're guaranteed at least an initial double t- double team, or we have one and a half guys on him to start it. But it was a pain in the butt. Like you, you kind of have to throw out half of what you do because of how special those people are. And so, to me, uh, if, I, if you just you know go back to Alvin Kamara, you know they're gonna run two to. F- Six screens a game. You know he's going to get most of those, so that helps. You know they're going to isolate him on that uh, one-on-one backside. Like you know he's going to get carries. You know you know, and so it's hindsight. You know, I know, but I thought they did an excellent job in the fourth quarter, of uh, of having a plan for that. And then what you saw was you saw Jameis Winston having to skip someone early in his progression, and he ended up running the ball, and he ran the ball effectively. But I would rather, I think, and I think Seattle would now agree, looking back, you'd probably rather lose a game because Jameis Winston decided to scramble for eight yards here and seven yards there, rather than um, you know death by Alvin Kamara catching the ball all the way down mm-hmm. the field.
0: Good stuff. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck joins us every week here, uh, full hour at nine o'clock. And so now that you're part of the ring of honor, I was wondering if we could also throw another hat on you and ask you to play consultant and, and help us figure out where this thing moves forward, how you handle Geno Smith for one more game, hopefully it's only one more before Russ comes back, and, and then how you make this offense click once you start, uh, as you said, down down this road to try to make the playoffs here. So we'll ask Matt to play consultant. And then, of course, 945, we've got a good rank today from Matt. So don't go anywhere. A lot more with Matt Hasselbeck still to come here on 710 ESPN Seattle. The Matt Hasselbeck Show, presented by Infinity of Bellevue and Linwood. Every Wednesday from 9 to 10. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On 710 ESPN Seattle. All right, rolling on with Matt Hasselbeck every Wednesday, 9 o'clock for a full hour. The Matt Hasselbeck Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and always fun to rank things with Matt. We'll do that in 15 minutes. That has led to some of my favorite stories we've heard here over the course of the last month or so. Uh, And Matt, of course, newly minted Ring of Honor member of the Seattle Seahawks going in Monday night. Mike Holmgren. We'll have that same honor this coming Sunday. He will also go into the ring of honor. So coming up, we'll announce the Seahawks code word uh, for your chance to win a couple tickets to see the Seahawks host the Jaguars on Sunday. Be there as head coach, former head coach Mike Holmgren, is inducted into the ring of honor at halftime. Tickets still available at Seahawks.com. I'll give you the code word coming up here in 10 minutes. Um, Matt, if I could ask you to kind of put your coach slash consultant hat on for a moment. And look at the Seahawks offense and, and some of what has been ailing it so far this year. Whether it was with Russ, where it still wasn't quite clicking, or now with Geno Smith, how do you first? Let's start with Geno. How do you how do you get through the next game? Because you know Pete wants to run the ball. He's nervous about throwing the ball down the field with Geno, but also you know they're stacking eight nine guys in the box, and it feels like they're banging their head against a brick wall. So what would you advise? What would you advise the team?
1: Yeah, I don't think he's afraid to throw the ball with Gino. I mean, they're throwing it. He, whether it was Gino or Russell, he just wants to establish the running game and and there's so many things as a quarterback you can do to affect and, and improve the running game like I think Russell does an amazing job at the line of scrimmage of getting the team into the right run and then even within that, that running game getting the right run for the right guy like the the running back by committee thing is a really fascinating thing because fans might think oh it's just another run well no a run with Alex, Alex Collins is different than a run with Travis Homer or DJ Dallas and now you add Penny to the mix and I'm not sure where he fits exactly but I, I think To me, like Alex Collins was doing an awesome, awesome job. And so like that's part of it. And then, yeah, making them pay when it's one on one outside. So Let let me stop
0: you for a moment. So when you say like getting into the right run with Alex Collins, is that like Collins is better running with a handoff versus running, you know, out of a read option shotgun set? Is it that type of stuff? It can be that I think, like uh, to me, Alex Collins reminds
1: me the most of Marshawn as a runner. Like you're not, it's an aggressive looking style. He's not as big and physical necessarily, but as a as a as a defense, when you're not only having to diagnose like the scheme of the run, but also which kind of runner is it? Mm-hmm. You know, a fire and ice, a thunder and lightning type situation then that's a challenge for people, and that's why you have a change of pace back. But, like, this committee thing is a popular thing, and they just got to get that right, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, uh, they got to understand the rotation of that that will help this team be successful. And does the
0: quarterback it, have a role in that, or is it? it's not just part of the play call? Like, the quarterback the, has a role in how you're going to get the running back to run?
1: No, the quarterback has a role in what run it's going to be. So a lot you'll see like back in when the let Russ cook thing started out. I'm sitting there like Russ is cooking. He's cooking at the line of scrimmage though in terms of getting us into the right run. Away from the safety. Towards the one technique. Away from a start. Just like I talked about Alvin Kamara on the offensive side of the ball. That's how I think of Demario Davis a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Their linebacker, the Saints. Mm -hmm. Hey, how do we get our running game away from their most Special uh, next level type player who on that team's fifty six to Mario Davis. How do we do that? Well, we put that in the hands of the quarterback, um, and and so he, that that's what that's what the quarterback is responsible for. I think Geno can handle that. I would I would imagine at his at his experience level, but then then you let the coaching staff worry about the rotation. And th- and that's something you got to find your way with. But, like you said, when it is one-on-one outside, D.K. Metcalf has to have opportunities to win like he did on that first touchdown of the game, which was a very, very impressive play by him. Um, so giving him maybe some more opportunities for game-changing plays is a thing. Not necessarily more touches, but more opportunities for game-changing plays like that one.
0: I'm still kind of stuck on the quarterback's role in the running game. I think this is fascinating because I – and maybe I'm just being dense and not fully understanding. But so a, a run calls in – it gets called in from the sideline. What does what the, the run call sound like when it comes in versus by the time it gets spit out into an actual play?
1: Yeah, so a play like in the Seattle offense that they're running right now, it will be in the huddle call. It would be a run to the left, alert to a run to the right, Or kills to a pass play, and it could be any of those three plays. You know, it could be something that's pretty simple of how it would go. And then the quarterback's job is to get you into the best play. Could you run any one of those plays? The best play of the three, right? Yes. And and, in a simplified version, you know, back when I was playing, we ran this play out of the I backfield. It was basically a lead on the weak side backer. We're going to put Max Strong on the weak side backer, and Sean Alexander is going to follow him. Okay? And, our, and our single receiver on that side is going to block the corner covering him. Well, teams got smart, and what they would do is they would bring a safety down and shift the linebackers over. So we basically had to come up with a call. The quarterback has the best view of it because I'm not in a three-point stance. I make a call, and now what I do, because they're slid over – I'm now putting our guard on that weak side backer. I'm putting Max Strong on their free safety who's coming down thinking he's gonna be unblocked. And, and and now we have ang- we have better angles, we have better blockers on smaller people, and now we're about to pop a run if our receiver can stay on the corner. And that's just a that's a coaching technique and you know I don't get any credit for it. It's just a simple coach tells you what to do and you do it, but the run game is now getting 15 yards instead of three yards is that similar to
0: to calling out the mic i mean is that is that the same type of idea that is exactly the deal you are
1: changing who the mic linebacker is the mic the m stands for middle the middle linebacker
0: so in this case you're saying that the 34 the safety is the mic so you might yell out 34 is the mic
1: yeah, well, the guy next to him's the Mike, and he would be the Will. That oh, he becomes the Will. I'm sorry, because he's the yeah. weak side but, linebacker. But yeah. essentially, yeah, you're just directing traffic. And so going back to like the the Let Russ Cook days, uh, early on, I as, as 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 a former quarterback, when I would watch Seattle play, I'm saying, he's cooking. I mean, it's not showing up in his fantasy football stats, but I am very very impressed with his command at the line of scrimmage and how he is. Dealing and dishing the ball. Sometimes it's it, he's using his arm to throw a little bubble or a now route uh, just to get it out of his hands, saying, hey, there's too many in the box. We're going to make you tackle our wide receiver one-on-one outside. Other times he's handing the ball off and we've got an explosive run. And that's where you really, as the quarterback, got to be super dialed into exactly what the coaching staff is trying to get accomplished and help guys have great angles on their blocks. So that's one area where I think they can definitely improve. And then obviously making the big plays downfield. Uh, when you get the opportunities, but um, I would n- I would not be surprised to see this offense start to click <laughs> as, cl- as soon as this week. Um, but then for sure when Russell comes back, and and I would be shocked if uh, Gerald Everett wasn't a bigger part of it as well.
0: It's interesting, uh, you know. I kind of imagine a, a court. Thank you for explaining that. I think that made sense. And I get a text here saying Matt's really making this much more understandable. So thank you. You know, I I think I tend to believe like, oh, it's going to be a running play. The quarterback kind of has the play off but you're saying no i <laughs> no. mean you're still a pretty no, no, huge no. part of that play 100%
1: i mean in fact i would tell you that in my if i had like a, a piece of pie in terms of like how much time i spent preparing for pass game versus run game uh in a week I would say it's probably right at 50-50. Wow. Like your amount of responsibility in the run game is uh, is so important. And because we're talking about like six inches. like If the middle linebacker is six inches over here, we're going to do this. If that safety who is sort of trying to disguise expertly and the funny thing about this is that we would get graded so hard on this. This is one of the reasons that we as an offense, when I was playing, we developed such great tempo in and out of the huddle. We would run plays so quickly because i knew it was almost impossible to read some of these disguises so it was like you know what we're just going to get up and go and you're going to be back there like trying to bluff us it doesn't matter set hut like <laughs> we're going we we're, we're, we just snapped the ball so Good. You tricked everybody. You tricked yourself. Okay. Now we got a running back running right at you.
0: It's funny. That's one um, of the first things I remember you telling us uh, on Brock and Salk years ago, and we asked you something about what, what, when you knew that things were going well, and your answer was tempo and, and how important it was to have some of that rhythm and tempo moving up the field. Well, you know what? When I
1: was first in Seattle, I was so worried about grading out well in my run game checks. And then I got benched for Trent Dilfer, and he was worried just like I was, but he had a solution. His solution was to quick count the defense every time because the safety would never be in the box if he went quick count. He'd be, like, sitting back there pretending to be deep, you know, said, hut, we're running the ball, and – when I got my chance to get back in there, uh, I was like, "Well, shoot! I'm just gonna do what Trent did." And <laughs> and all the coaches were like, "Oh, I love this tempo! I love this tempo! It's really helping our offensive line. This is great." I was like, "Wow, amazing!" Kind of
0: stumbled into it. The way things work out by accident sometimes amazing. All right, good stuff, Matt. Uh, hang on a moment. We're gonna come right back, and uh, we have a good ranked for you again. It should lead to some fun stories. We're not gonna no no. Uh, uh, I don't know if this is comedy gold today, but it's much more. About honoring some of the great moments of your career. So we will do that together. Next, don't go anywhere. More with Matt Hasselbeck coming up here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwumpfor's house. Top five, top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at nine forty five on the Mike Sock Show. That top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Yeah, it's been fun to listen to Matt tell stories and uh having him rank things tends to be a pretty good pretty good way of forcing him to do that so matt what are we ranking today let's see you go into the (laughs) ring of honor so today's a day to still honor you i mean we were sort of teasing you with the uh, with the speech earlier but it's a day to honor you and your accomplishments and a fantastic career this is at least professionally is this the highest honor you've received Uh, i would think so so listen matt's honor is ranked
1: Yeah, so Monday Night Countdown, Randy Moss and ESPN, they did this thing like your top five plays as a Seahawk. So top five Seahawk moments or something like that. So I'm just going to jump on that same exact list that they came up with with some stories maybe about those. Okay, so Matt's
0: five top moments as a Seahawk ranked. Okay, I'm going number
1: five. I threw a pass to Cam Mora from Cal Berkeley. Okay, it's a hitch and go. He was one of our tight ends. John Carlson caught two touchdowns in that game. I think this was a touchdown to Cam Mora. I'm not allowed to complain about the this referees. This is in the They's, New Orleans playoff game? This, this is in the wild card game, the beast quake game, if you will. Cam Mora runs a hitch and go and it's a blitz and it's one of the throws I'm most proud of because I had to throw it so early and he catches it but those two tight ends could have accounted for three touchdowns in the game and then the next week in the playoffs we end up only dressing those two tight ends they both get hurt early in the game against Chicago and we had to play the rest of the game without a tight end Ruvel Martin the wide receiver had to play tight end for us but Cam Mora was like a receiving tight end who was just born too early and that was just an unbelievable play by him and I was psyched to be a part of it so they put that number five on the list. I
0: like that description. Born to... Because those... What do they
1: call them now? Move tight ends or something? They call it... I mean, some colleges call it the Kelsey position for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, no the kidding. former quarterback that turned tight end. So All right. he was... He had a good... He, had a, he was a good player. That's
0: number five. Cam Moore. Number four, Matt's greatest moments as a Seahawk.
1: Number 4 wildcard game against the Washington football team they had a different name back then but we run this play 300 jet x quick fly quick dino nobody's open Sean Springs is on coverage Sean Taylor's on coverage And I run to the corner And this is the play I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago Where I slide in and I outrun Sean Springs <laughs> My old teammate in Seattle Something that literally could never happen Give me a hundred tries It might happen one time Like that movie Little Giants And it happened on that play And it was a special play And we got the win that day um, Very fun So how do you think it did
0: happen? Like, do you think that you grew super human strength, like when, you know, the the dads, when the car is on top of the kid or something? Like, how did you get there? I'm guessing I
1: look really slow. Mike Holmgren would say giraffe on ice. When you run, you look like a giraffe on ice. So I'm thinking Sean Taylor and Sean Springs are looking at me, and they're kind of like, well, he's not moving very fast. But I'm looking at them like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to get hit by Sean Taylor. I'm going to run as fast as I can. So maybe it's like a very deceptive looking fast. I, I, I don't know. Sean Springs don't hit a little to know. bit too, it, right?
0: My, it's funny. I don't remember him that much as a Seahawk. I know he played here. My memory of him is before he was drafted, he went to – go to Ohio State he went to Ohio State right. and they were awesome there and he was awesome. They there. kept showing one highlight of him the year he was drafted over and over again where he just blew some dude up on the sideline.
1: And I was like, "Man, that
0: guy can really hit for a cornerback." Like it's the only thing I knew about Sean Spring. So I get it. You're trying to escape two guys who are trying to kill you. He was such an incredible athlete that in practices he would play
1: offense and defense for us. He was always trying to get Mike Holmgren to let him play offense as well. And uh, our he Mike Holmgren basically was like, you become the best corner in the league first, then I'll let mm. you play offense. And uh, he was top five, I think, but I don't know that he was number one.
0: Between him uh, and Seneca, I mean, like you really had some athletes on that team.
1: We had some great athletes, and and again, he probably knew me so well that he was like, this guy's never going to outrun me. So that might have played into it. Number three. Number three, they put this 2002 Week 17 game against the San Diego Chargers down there on the list. It was a fantasy football Super Bowl for a lot of people, so maybe it made the list because I helped someone win their fantasy game that day, but our receivers played unbelievable. You want to talk about hits in a game that would now be penalties that were not penalties back then? Corrin Robinson, Daryl Jackson, catching balls in the end zone, taking hits. We threw for 400 and something yards that game. It was just, it was one of those games that was like cl- clinic in terms of the passing game, and Mike Holmgren was in a zone. So I told the story recently. Mike Holmgren was rumored to be getting fired after that game. We played so well offensively with these young wide receivers in that game that, uh, you know, he did not get fired. And thank goodness mm. he did not because, you know, obviously the rest is history, and Mike Holmgren's an amazing coach. But um, that game, to me, if I could go watch a game, that'd probably be the game I would love to go watch.
0: All right, two more still to go, and I'm, I've been remiss, Matt. I was supposed to announce this code word. Let me quickly tell people, if you want to go to the game and see Mike Holmgren inducted into the Ring of Honor this weekend, uh, go to 710sports.com slash win and do so in the next 10 minutes. By the end of this show, be entered to win two tickets to see the Seahawks host the Jags on Sunday. The code word expires at 10. Details and rules at 710sports.com slash win. The code word is coach. All right, quickly, two left to go. Your top two moments as a Seahawk.
1: Yeah, this one will be quick because I don't remember it that well. Wildcard game 6 against the Dallas Cowboys. I feel like we had all these amazing wildcard or just big games against the Cowboys. I had Jeremy Stevens late. Not even late. Just hit him deep down the middle on a play. That was such a big game. But think about the matchups that we had with the Dallas Cowboys. You remember Tony Romo drops the snap. Uh, Jordan Babineau, big play mm-hmm. Babs, comes over, makes that tackle. I just feel like the Cowboys, Seahawks were kind of this moment where it's Holmgren, Bill Parcells. One of these teams is going to go on and continue to have success, one's gonna just sort of disband and that, I feel like that's kind of what happened. But again that those those are some really good Cowboys teams that we played against as well and that was that was a super fun play to uh Jeremy Stevens down the middle.
0: Okay. And your top moment as a Seahawk was?
1: They put this it's called train comeback. Hitch-and-go comeback, okay? And it's a play to Daryl Jackson, NFC Championship game, 2005 season. Daryl Jackson's supposed to run a hitch and a go and a comeback. But he kills the guy so bad on the hitch-and-go that he just kind of barely puts his hand up. We call it a mailbox. Like, you know, when you send a mail to the mailbox, you put that little, like, lever up, <laughs> okay? Called a mailbox signal. And he just kind of gave it to me but kind of didn't. And so I go to – I'm sitting there. I'm looking at him. I'm like, all right, Daryl Jackson, are you running the Comeback. Or are you just going to, is that a mailbox signal? And I'm like, I know D-Jack, okay? He's going to be like, oh, heck no, I'm not running a comeback. So with absolutely no idea in my brain what he was really going to do, I throw him like he's going to run a go, back, go route and does not run the comeback. And luckily we are on the same page. He makes a nice catch, makes a safety miss, touchdown, NFC champs, confetti at, at what was then called Quest Field super awesome but uh scary moment for the quarterback when you have no idea what the receiver is actually going to run so
0: good matt those are great congratulations again it really was cool uh seeing you into the ring of honor now seeing your name up there forever and ever congratulations on an incredible career and and what a great honor for you
1: thanks guys appreciate it it was uh it was unbelievably special and uh Hopefully we can get this thing turned around, Jacksonville. I feel yes, good about
0: it. Me too. All right, we'll talk uh, next Wednesday at nine a.m. with Matt. Have a great week uh, for everybody else. We'll be back tomorrow. Jerry Depoto going to be on the show at eight thirty. Uh, we've taped with Paul Sewald. Really fun interview with Mariners reliever Paul Seawald. I think we'll play some of that tomorrow as well. So uh, a lot going on. We'll catch you guys at six a.m. Stick around for Jake and Stacy. See you later.